What's up guys, welcome to today's money. Thank you for listening, I appreciate you being here. If you'd like to watch the video version of this podcast, there's a link for that in the description. And if you wanna jump right into the podcast, skip the next 30 seconds of ad space. What's up guys, welcome back to another episode. So Riley and I have been getting a lot of DMs lately as trading has been a little slow over the last couple of weeks. We are now mid-September. I know everybody trades a different way. There's a lot of ways to make money trading, but for our systems, things have been a little slower. And when we were at the gym yesterday, you asked me a good question about my patience, and that led me to thinking a little bit more about how I've been able to grow into a more patient trader. And then as I was going through my DMs this morning, it was, it's been an interesting contrast. That's what I was explaining before, how it does align with exactly the question you asked about the FOMO, but I'm seeing some people in the boat of, Thank you for leading the way is what they're saying to me. Like, I feel more patient because I see you being patient. Like, I'm leading by example. And then I see some guys DMing me saying, I'm struggling to sit on my hands. I see you doing it, Austin. And then they'll see Steve Burns post something like he did where he said, like, good trading mentors will tell you to be patient. I'm telling you he posted that because of how often I've been saying it. Because you know he follows me. You know that we're, like, (laughs) friends. But I think that when they see him talk about it, then they're like, okay, maybe Austin isn't crazy. So to piece this thing together, because again, that's been like the conversation over the last couple of weeks. Let's start with, I think, where FOMO comes from. Where do you think it comes from? In general, not even just related to trading. What creates the feeling of missing out? Well, in simple terms, what creates our feelings? Thoughts. Our brain. Thoughts. Yeah. So, What comes first, thoughts or emotions? Emotions. Really? I would say so. Yeah? You I feel think- something before you think it? Yeah, because your subconscious is what allows you to feel and then the out, like your outer layer of your brain is what puts words to things. The outer layer is where you need to well, be able to be aware, right? So that's I what you're saying? I just describe it as the no, no, outer no, I, no, layer. No, 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 yeah. don't, no. Don't lose it. What, what you're saying is that's where the awareness has to be on the inner layer. Like if you were, think about when you teach a baby, you know, animals. Yeah. You point to the cat and then you say cat. You right. don't just look at a baby and say cat, cat, cat and right. expect them to know what you're talking right. about. You have to show them a picture. Okay. Because the brain communicates in images and right. then our human brain has just evolved so to where we can put words to it. the emotion comes first and yeah. then the thought. Yeah. Okay. So th- that means that the fear of missing out is a feeling first before it is a... Well, it's rooted Thought. in fear. You just said it. It's yeah. the first word of FOMO. Right. Fear. Right. So you have to be aware of the feeling in order to course correct the feeling. Yes. That's the first step. We always talk about awareness being the first step. Where else could it come from other than fear? But where does fear come from? Fear could come from so many different places. If we're speaking directly about like FOMO and trading, I think that a lot of that could come from other people So for instance, if I'm a trader and I'm being patient, you know, and I'm not experiencing FOMO and then all of a sudden I realize I am experiencing FOMO, well, maybe it's because I'm looking at what everybody else is doing, whether that be in a group chat, on social media, on YouTube, wherever you follow traders and see all the action that they're in or not in, I feel like that's where the emotions start to arise because then the initial comparison comes in of, well, am I doing that was enough? the word I was thinking of, comparison. Like, like why, why am I not trading right now? Why am I sitting on my hands and I see all these other people making moves, making their pips, making their money, you know? Yeah. So how do you, just to stay on this direction of the FOMO, what do you think people can do more of to, because it's tough to not compare yourself to other people because it helps you set goals. 
it helps you know if you're going the right direction. Absolutely. But I think you need to be confident within yourself. like And your trading system. Yeah, you can compare, that's you know, it. to that's see with what it, you're though. doing, you know, like, oh, am I on the right track? Like, I think some degree of comparison is healthy. Sure. I think it gets a little unhealthy, though, when you don't have the self-confidence to believe and know where to put your foot down of like, okay, yes, I'm observing that these traders are all doing this, but I'm confident in my abilities and my system that I know I don't need to be doing anything right now. Right. But I think that that confidence kind of gets like washed over by all the fear because we know that negative emotions, if you're not in tune with your brain and awareness and that whole realm of things. Negative emotions can easily take over your thoughts and then actually have you be performing actions that you normally wouldn't even do, but just because your brain is in such a state of fear. That's like that twilight zone. Yeah. Where you're acting, but you know you shouldn't be doing it, but you're still doing it anyway, right? Well, not even, not everybody is necessarily aware that they shouldn't be doing it because they're so overtaken by- If they're lacking that step one of awareness, Right. right? Then they're not even paying attention to it. So as you start to pay attention more that maybe, like I said, some of these guys DMing me are saying, I I am feeling it and I'm trying to fight it. What do you tell guys that you've coached with or girls to help them fight the feeling of FOMO while they're trading? It's kind of very, every call I have, it's very unique and individualized. That's what I like to focus on because I don't necessarily think there's always like a one trick pony for everybody of like, oh, you have FOMO, do this, this, and this, and this is going to help you. Um... Something that I do notice, though, is traders that are experiencing FOMO, it's exactly what I said. They are looking everywhere else at what everybody else is doing. So if I notice that and I notice that it's coming from a lack of confidence, I will ask them questions and come up with activities for them to do to try and build their confidence, which could be writing your trading plan and having a physical copy in front of you. Even aside from journaling, like the trading plan being like a step-by-step if-then statements, that way it kind of removes the emotional decision-making and makes it a little bit more black and white. Mm -hmm. Um, Also with confidence, that on the side of journaling, positive affirmations, telling yourself like, I believe in my system. I trust what I'm doing. I don't need to hear the noise of everybody else. I need to just silence all of that and turn off the social media. You know, if you're having problems with FOMO, stick to yourself, like focus, like almost put your blinders on, ignore what everybody else is doing until you can gain a little bit of that confidence But it's hard because if you feel lost, if you're lost, well, lost is different than FOMO. No, but if you're lost and you're looking to try to find your way through a new skill and you're like, all right, I got to learn how to trade. I want to figure this out. Okay. How, you know what I'm saying? Then there, it's tough to not look at other people and see what they're doing to be like, well, maybe there's a better way. Maybe I should be doing what he's doing. Maybe I should be doing what he's doing. That's FOMO. That's, you know what I mean? So it's tough to figure out the difference, I think, between knowing you're on the right path and being confident in that path versus this isn't right for me. I need to bounce and try something different. Well, yeah, but now you're kind of tying a little bit of, you started out with FOMO of people and now you're saying, well, what if they're new in it and they, they need to like kind of see what everybody else is doing to yeah, learn yeah, their yeah. own way. I think that's kind of two but different think, paths we're talking about here. Maybe, but fair, like the fair thought would be some of these guys still feel FOMO because they're n- not new to trading, but they're still following other people. They're still looking at what other people are doing on social media. They might take a trade that ended up being a, like a loss they follow me. I didn't trade. I'm I'm more profitable than they are that day. And they're that you know what I'm saying? I don't get your point. So like if if you, the guy that I'm thinking of to not use his name, we'll call him Steve. Okay. Steve hits me up. He's like I'm feeling the FOMO. I don't know what to do. Okay. He ends up still taking a trade and losing the trade. But is he somebody that is new in the trading world like No. You, 
No, no, he's been trading and he still can't control his FOMO. Okay. Just, I mean, we know, we looked at the statistics. A lot of people still trade 10 years deep and they lose money year on year. People just throw money into this shit. It's mm-hmm. what they do. Humans are dumb. So, you know, he, I'm not saying he's dumb. He is aware of the emotion and still acting on it. Does that make sense? Then I would argue to say that he's not fully aware of it. He hmm. He's aware of it enough but not aware of it to actually control the reaction. He's still, it's still living through him if he's making the action, even though he says he's aware of it. It's a good point. It's like, how aware of it are you really then if you're still doing the thing that you say you're aware of and now you're burned? I think another part of it too, speaking about like journaling the trade, verbalizing the trade, sharing the idea. Absolutely. That's kind of what I was going to go into as well. Um, Kind of with the FOMO stuff, but even aside, if, if you're a trader not experiencing FOMO, something I wanted to talk to you about is I think you have this way of literally making the chart appear like a story. Like you look at it and you don't just look at it as, okay, yep, I see some candles. I see. I read it. Yeah. Like, like you literally read it like a story. You're like, what is this telling me? Well, and you paint a picture and a story around it, even when you're not trading, even when you're being patient. And I think that if traders could even try and implement a little bit more of that, it would just kind of have a trickle effect because that would then help their self-confidence, which would help them not feel FOMO because they would know that, Hey, I'm reading this chart like a story. I feel I, well, I don't feel, I understand what it's telling me. Mm-hmm. So I know that I'm okay to be sitting on my hands right now. Well, it comes from confidence in the system, testing a system. Because when you test the system, you have to look at charts. You have to study charts. When you study the chart, you realize that this thing is painting candle by candle left to right across my screen. I know I'm not going to forecast. I'm just going to react. So if I read it like a book, okay, it broke the EMA. Well, I'm going to react to that rather than forecast. Is it going to come back down through the EMA or keep going higher through the EMA? Not going to forecast. That's a guess. I'd rather react to just what just happened. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And then build risk-reward setups based on reactionary scenarios, not uh, forecasting scenarios. Don't put myself into a situation where I have to say, if this EMA is broken, then it could do this or this. Just put myself in a situation where if this is done, then I will do this. It's a totally different like way to look at it. And then I'm reading it left to right saying, well, I'm in the trade. It's holding the 8 EMA. It's holding the 8 EMA. It's holding the 8 EMA. Candle by candle, this is still telling me to be in the trade. Yes, it could turn around in the next candle or it could keep going for me. Why would I try to pick who can see the future? Just react to what's happened. So for the FOMO part of that, I think it helps me when I'm like, okay, if I'm reading this candle by candle and I just got stopped out of this trade, for example, I think that's when I feel the most FOMO is when I get stopped out, but I think I'm still right in that direction and I don't want to miss the move. I get that sometimes. I read it. Why did it just stop me out? It broke this EMA. Well, if it comes down and retests that EMA, yeah, it could be going back down through it in the direction I want it to go, or it could be retesting it and bouncing even higher off it as a new support level. So when I read it that way, I'm like, well, can't really jump back in this thing right away now because I'm at that point forecasting, not reacting. Right. And then I'm disciplined to the plan, which says to forecast never and react always. So if I just follow that, I feel like it controls my FOMO. I'm definitely guilty of it. But I'm aware of it. I don't trade based on FOMO anymore. But I used to. Right. Everybody, I think, at some point in their trading career starts that way. I think you always do. You don't go backwards to that. But once you start making money, you have a larger account. Your trades are worth thousands of dollars instead of hundreds. You want to be pickier. You want to be more selective. You don't want to feel FOMO. You don't want to be chasing with thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. 
You can't be doing that. If you're really trying to take care of your family and live a good life, you can't be doing that. So I think locking in to a specific plan, building, I would call it awareness, but building like resiliency to kind of do what you said, which is generate ideas, stay disciplined in the plan and not take all of them. Building that like strength within yourself, that confidence within yourself. Those two things I think together can help you just notice the FOMO. You don't have to fight it. Like that's the biggest thing for everybody listening. You don't have to fight FOMO. It's you just almost, have to pay I, attention. A good question like you can ask yourself is what is the chart telling me versus what do what, I want what, it to do? What I'm trying to tell the chart. Right. You know, that's a great way to look at it. Look, what is the chart telling you? You yeah. know, if you get too caught up when you're doing your markups and you're like, oh, but like this, and then you notice you're like trying to predict, it's like, wait a minute, just backtrack. What is the chart telling me right now for what it is? No future candles on the chart, no lines, squiggle lines drawn Arrows, in every direction, whatever. Fibonacci's. Yeah, like all that shit. Like, no, what is the chart telling me right now for right. what it is? Right. And then mark it up. Right. Like you might think you know it in your head, even if it's something simple like it broke the Asian range. <laughs> write it until right. you get confident in your system to where you feel that you don't need to write that little note on the chart anymore. But even when you are, you still might because it helps. It doesn't hurt. Of course. So I think it's just asking yourself what is the chart showing me versus what is my mind trying to like project onto the chart? I think a lot of it too originates in the fear of losing money. I think most people don't want to lose money and they really don't want to be wrong. That might even be more of it. The fear of yeah. wanting to be right all like not wanting to be wrong. For some reason, people attach their own personality Maybe they haven't eaten enough mushrooms. They attach their own ego and everything. Or gummy bears in your case. Yeah, I, I do like gummy bears. <laughs> Haribo gummy bears, not mushroom gummy bears. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool though. Um, What was I saying? Now you threw me off. Now I'm thinking about gummy bears. <laughs> well, you were talking about mushrooms. No, before that, what was I just saying? Um, The fear of losing money. The, yeah, you were saying where you think the fear, fear of being comes wrong. from. Yeah, they don't want to be wrong. They're attaching their ego to their ideas on a chart and making it a representation of who they are as a person. It's just a trade. Yeah. This is just a business. It isn't who you are. People have failed businesses, but they're amazing human beings. People have lost trades. They're great traders. Like, it's business. It's not going to be a straight line to the top, especially in a field like this. So if you think you're going to come into it and not lose money, if you think you're going to come into it and not be wrong, you will be wrong, and you will lose money, and you will be frustrated, and you'll question your own existence. But if you come into it realizing that there's a way to go about it with a system, there's a way to go about it to control those emotions and say, I am me, these are my trades, and there's my emotions in between me and those trades, you're in control of everything. You're in control of the money. You're paying attention to the emotions between you and where you're supposed to be putting that money to work. And then if you're aware of those emotions but still paying attention to that back piece following the system, it should still work out for you in the long run because you're in control of the emotions. The emotions aren't driving the decisions. That main emotion being fear of not wanting to lose money, Fear of not wanting to be wrong. Fear of not wanting to disappoint themselves. Fear, fear of failure. It's just like but fear just, that their identity is attached to the outcome exactly. of whatever And beyond that is. though, but it's beyond that. It's not just the attachment. It's that they attach to it and then think that failure is a bad thing. We're conditioned from child, like being kids in school that failure is bad. If you fail the test, you're bad. Yeah. You're bad. Not that you're learning. You're bad. In reality, failure is when you learn. But in school, failure is when you're bad. Yep. 
It's like our school system is... Great way to condition kids. Yep. I was just going to say, it's like conditioning children to be perfectionists and then struggle with that later on in life. But but there's a reason for that. Cause, right. Because then yeah. they get the kids to just settle. It teaches people to settle because you expect less from yourself then. Yeah. And yeah. I, I could go... I'm currently reading right now The Mastery of Self, which is um, by... Not the same author, um, The Four Agreements' son. He has the same name, but obviously he's just a junior. He wrote The Mastery of Self. And right now, where I'm at in it, it's all about attachments and how the attachments to things kind of set you up for like this suffering, you know? Mm -hmm. So Because everything comes to an end? Well, it's just because people are attaching who they, like their identity Mm -hmm. with any, and it could be even like a book, you Mm -hmm. know, just it could be a person. It Mm -hmm. could be your house, you Mm -hmm. know, it could be so many different things and just how that leads to suffering. So the mastery of self is all about removing these attachments and, Mm. and being able to be okay with, um, I believe it was from this book. He said he had a quote. It was like, be a hundred percent, um, certain in what you want, but also a hundred percent okay with whatever the outcome is. That way it's like you stay goal focused, you know what you want, but you also know that you're completely okay with whatever the outcome is because you are not attached to that. Like there is space in between you and whatever else happens. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Perfect example for trading. I think the attachment leads to, it's like when you're, I think you're like a good, another good analogy is like when you're playing tennis or when you're playing golf, you can't hold the club or the racket that hard or even a baseball bat. Like you can't hold it that hard or it's going to screw up the mechanics of how that is supposed to work within your body, but you can't hold it too loose because you'll let go of it. So there's a sweet spot where you're aware of it. You're aware it's there, but you're not holding on too tight and letting trying to control it too much. So you have to find that sweet spot of I'm aware of my emotions in my trading, but I'm actually in control of the button. I'm actually swinging my arm here. Yeah. Is there anything else when you think of <clears throat> controlling FOMO on a, I mean, for me, it always comes back to the comparison. I think if you do enough self-reflection, then you're able to realize like the idea of trying to catch every trade or trying to make every dollar, it's not possible. So you let go of that. Like I can let go of that. But where I think a lot of people can get sucked back in is on social media. It does come because of the society social that Social media in. is like the king of comparisons. Right. So it's tough because then there is a lot of good stuff on social media like what we put out there. I'd, yeah. li- I'd like to think that what we do is slightly different. Like, you know what I mean? So I just, I think social media is a touchy topic and you've noticed it too. We've talked about it before with everybody. How some of these guys, they get pretty good at trading. I don't want to call them like the best traders, but they get good enough where they're making money. They don't talk in the group chat. They don't post on social media. They ain't worried about it. Yeah. They aren't coaching. Like they don't find value in helping people like I do. There's nothing wrong with that. They just find value in making money. Right. And they do other things nothing with their life. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. So it's like once you realize that and you know that everybody on social media is just posting it to try and make you feel FOMO, to sell you something or to tell you something that their opinion well, is right. It's not even that they're trying necessarily to always make you feel FOMO. It's like sometimes mm. people are just posting things to try and prove it to themselves. Well, yeah, but in but they they external they make that an external thing by saying they're you know showing it to everybody else, flexing on the gram. But internally, it's 
to prove it to themselves that they, right, because they're lacking in their own self-worth. Right. Where does that come from? Because that would be the root of everything. The lack of self-worth comes from what? Childhood and the way your parents teach you to value yourself and the people you're around as you grow up. It just all goes back to attachments and identity. I think human beings naturally, uh, we have this thing called the ego inside of us that wants to attach to everything and anything that it can, even to the simple terms of like boy and girl. Like that is an attachment that we you know, like associate with mm-hmm. that now in 2020, obviously it's a little bit more you be a little bit of you both. Don't, you don't have to, you, you know, be a boy girl. Yeah. You can be whatever you want to be. Whatever you want to be. But I think in the world of social media, it makes it so easy to compare of like, oh, this person, they're on social media and they say they're this. And now I'm seeing all these images and it's like, you're only getting like a fraction of the entire story of that human being. Like they are a whole, a whole bunch of thing stuff. within themselves, but you're only seeing a certain image that they're projecting that is making you then feel all these emotions that you don't even realize. And now you're being self-critical just because of what somebody else posted. When you've caught yourself in that situation, I'm sure you have. Yeah. In the past. What's, what's the way to pull yourself out of it? For me personally, I don't follow, like I- I know you're not about the drama. I know you don't follow any of that stuff. I know we're- Well, I was even going to say- We'd like to think that we're a little bit out of the bubble, right? Because we just create content. Just, not even with just drama. Like I, if I was following people where I noticed myself, like constantly like checking in on their pages or like those were the stories I really liked watching, I would ask myself like, why? What am I gaining from this person? And if it wasn't something that like, or not even necessarily a person because it could just be like a branded account, you know? And if it's not something that like made me feel good on the inside, I unfollow them. I feel like I consciously am aware of when I'm on social media, what if it's good or if it's bad for you? Yeah. What am I, what what am I consuming? And if it's not something that makes me feel good, even if it's like for a second of where I'm like, Oh, like they're doing this, like they're on their day 3000 and I'm on my day three. And then I see that initial comparison. I'm like, Oh, Whoa, backtrack here. Right. And I unfollow. So like I've unfollowed so many people and I constantly feel like I go through a fluctuation of what I follow just because I am conscious of what I put in my mind. And I don't want to feel those things that social media has gotten so good at making us feeling that dopamine hit. So yeah, they all of it. Yeah. The psychology of all of it. We were watching that Netflix thing. Everybody should go check that out. What was it called? Uh, the social dilemma. Yeah, definitely check that out. But like, as for like the trading side of things, yeah. I'll be completely honest. Yeah. I, off the top of my head, I honest to God do not think I follow any trading accounts no, I don't think you do either. besides people within our system. Right. And the only reason I even follow them is just to show them love and give them likes but you're and, not paying attention and shares. To really what they're posting. And because sometimes their pages are private and they'll tag me in things right. and I can't see it unless I'm following them. But right. to be honest, I wish I could unfollow all of them too. Because right. I don't want to see any of it. Right. I don't care. Right. I don't care even if people in our group are making wins in their trades. Like that's doesn't affect me, you know, and my trade. So I don't know. I feel like I just unfollow all the bullshit. I want to pivot for a second. Another note that I have here, just talking about, um, as a whole, because that was good on social media. Let's turn to like, just as a whole, when you're talking about FOMO in like markets, a lot of people would, when you say FOMO, think of Bitcoin. Like how Bitcoin went from like a couple hundred dollars all the way up to seventeen thousand dollars, and then it crashed back down below three thousand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a perfect situation of where like FOMO fully kicked in. People 
It was on CNBC. They were, like literally it was at its high. And CNBC was like, this is how you buy Bitcoin. And then it tanked. In that situation, where do you pull a lot of lessons when you when I've talked to you about markets, when I've showed you some YouTube videos or we've talked, because we have cool discussions like that. Do you, any lessons stick out to you as far as like human behavior and psychology and that you apply into further decisions that you make either with your own trading or with our money going forward? Can you be a little bit more specific? Yeah, like do you take the Bitcoin example and like looking forward at it now? Like right now it's priced maybe at a good price. What if it goes to 100K? Would you feel FOMO if it goes to 100K because you didn't get involved in the market heavier than you already are? No. Why? How do you just right say no? Right there because you started off the statement with what if, and I'm not going to allow what if statements to determine my mental state ever. Like, that's as simple as it is for me. I just don't care. Yeah. Like, I don't care what other people are doing. I don't care if they but bought if Bitcoin you, at two cents and it went up to $20,000. So just dollars. You just like, don't care what anybody else is doing. I think that you could compare that with anything, sure. you know? You could look at a futures thing and be like, oh my God, like I should have been in XYZ, sure. you know? It's like you could pinpoint that to any Everything. little thing yeah. in life of like, oh my God, I should, that way. I should have been there. I should have been there. And if I would have known this, if I would have known, it's like, or you just freaking live your right. life and like, I don't know. I just don't care. No, it's lack. <laughs> it's a great way. To, it's a great perspective of it. Anything of like, what if it's like, ooh, you're already setting your mind up for like potential turmoil. Well, Cause you're going, you're imagining it's like a, the best way to look at that is you've now shifted away from probabilities and you've shifted into like this land of possibilities of like, oh, this could be, and this could be, and this, it all could be. Right. You know, so you've kind of shifted yourself away. No, but that's a, a good perspective on it. I think people will take value in hearing you just remind them that it's okay to think for yourself. Absolutely. Like I feel like I'm like the queen bee of I don't care. I just feel like 2020 <laughs> people forgot that they can think for themselves. That's just how I feel. And you cannot care about things. Like, you cannot care about a lot of things. And you can literally... Get off social media, just live your life like a normal person and enjoy your life a lot more Yeah, for a lot of people, you know? I don't know. I think there's a lot of good content on there. I'm hoping people find us. I'm hoping people find like other like Gary Vee. Like there's definitely an important content and that content can help you so much. Yeah. But it can create FOMO in a lot of other ways if you're not following the right content. It can create FOMO if you're following Grant Cardone and he's flashing all his money in your face. Even though he provides a lot of value in his sales training and stuff, it can still create FOMO and make you act differently. So you just got to remember when you're consuming all of that, even the music, like the music you listen to, it can start to shape the way that you look at money. And I think that'll start to make you feel FOMO potentially. I feel like just the internet in general nowadays has kind of, whether it was intentional or not, I don't really care, but the internet has caused humans to be so micro analytical about humans and human personalities. And I actually, um, one of a personal friend of ours, she is a mom blogger at 40 young on Instagram the other night on her Instagram story, she was talking about like cancel culture and how nowadays on social media, like you can literally do one thing or have one small opinion in one small bubble of something. And all of a sudden, like the whole internet world hates you as a person because of this one little detail about you. And I think that's just like ridiculous, but it's something to be so aware of because in social media, like you need to be aware of all of these micro like analysis that you're making when you see these people and you're like, oh, they're money, they're Lambo, they're this, they're that, or I want this or, you know, and just that. You're making judgments you're saying as you scroll through, even if you don't realize it. Like, And they're such small judgments. Yes. And that can bring on so much FOMO to where you don't even realize like, hey, 
all of my FOMO has been self-inflicted because I can't stop scrolling on right. social media and following right. these accounts right. that don't do me any good, that mm-hmm. are hurting my brain. Makes sense. You know? Mm-hmm. I think you have to be careful of what you consume. That's the point. Absolutely. Because that can actually make the FOMO worse. Yeah. It's like I would love to talk to somebody that's telling me that they have FOMO that doesn't have social media or anything like that in their life. Right, right. Because then I think that scenario would be completely different. And especially like when you're just getting into trading, if you like are trading in a group chat, that group chat can really distract you because you could see people talking about ideas. It'll make you think it's way more fast paced than it needs to be. At least the trading that we do, <clears throat> the trading that I like to do, it ain't that crazy. <laughs> it's no. just not. And I feel like it brings back the attachment to money. Like I forget exactly what you said. What brings back the attachment to money? The FOMO. How? Like and people wait, wait on social. So um, I forget exactly what you said a little bit earlier in a podcast, but you had mentioned something about like traders and money. Yeah. And initially my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, like trading is actually about money. Like I just forget that so much because I'm just like, who cares? I'm here to follow a system. Like right. I'm here to follow my rules and do what I need You've to do. You've been conditioned. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And I just think when you're following these things or you're in these group chats, the reason why you feel that is because it's like, well, what is the reward that you're feeling that you actually are missing out on? And that's the money, Mm. you know? And that's why it's so easy to get sucked into some of the scams. And so, cause again, you're afraid of losing money. That's the biggest, because think about how, why are people so afraid? Why are we so afraid of money in general? Because think about how emotionally tied people are to their money. Because think about how much money controls. And think about how society is, we think society is just running off money. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the life that we live. For some people, you know, if if they miss one paycheck for some people, that could be like their bills not getting paid. Like that's stressful. That causes emotions that are a whole different level of things. And then you want to bring that into the trading world. And it's like, well, no wonder you're feeling FOMO and you're so emotional because your money is so attached to you. And of course we live in a world where it's like, in a way we have to be, because obviously like bills have to be paid. You sure. have to eat, you have to live. Of course. But I feel like there's just like a line that you need to draw and just completely detach when you're trading and just not, like if you're still that emotional about your money, it's like, go get another job or like- Generate more income yeah, first before you try to put all your eggs into trading. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise the, the FOMO but people is think just going to eat at in, you even more. But it's you're, because they want instant satisfaction, like you said. Like they want that. We want it now. So and trading that's what social looks media like, gives people. Right. Social <laughs> media makes them think that. So when they come to trading, they want it like that. And then when they're not getting it like that, they fear that they're missing out. Yep. And then they get self-critical. Then they think of themselves as a failure. And then they get into the negative self-talk. And then it's just a downward spiral from there. And it all probably started because you compared yourself to somebody. Yep. That small or and it, micro it, it could even comparison. come from a, dude. It could even come from a picture that's photoshopped. Imagine how stupid <laughs> you would feel if that's the case. Yeah, seriously. Like, oh my god, I saw this P and L statement, and this dude won. Like, he's trading all these trades. No, listen. In reality, what did he's trading US thirty? He's trading gold. He's trading GU. He's only trading and GU. And he's sitting on his Lambo. And he's doing it all. It's like. <laughs> I don't even want to try to talk to you because I don't think you're going to understand. Yeah. That's yep. how I feel. Honestly, because yeah. I, I think people reach a level of understanding in the world of what's going on and they get it. And then there's people that don't and they're still have their head in the sand. And I don't I don't feel bad for them. I don't wish them any ill. I can't help them. I think your but success can, as a trader just really depends on your emotional attachment to money going into trading. Yes. Like if you go into trading already so attached to money and so emotional. And I wish like, we need to get a bomb sound on here so we could be like... Oh, the clap's good. That was good. That was good. But if you go into trading not attached to money and yeah. very kind of emotionless yeah. with 
the money side of things, you're able to look at trading as more of a skill that you're learning versus more of a, a means to an end to, to make your income, you know? And it almost sets you up when you say it that way for more potential in the yeah, long run. Absolutely. You're capping yourself if you're coming into it too focused on the money. Yeah. But you're here because you care about money. You're here because you want to make more money. It's a very interesting business. You got to look at it from both sides. Yep. It takes a lot of awareness to make money trading. Yeah. But I think it also helps that they got people like us to bring them some value and hopefully get them thinking the right way. Yeah. Today's video was good. I feel like this whole video was all about like comparing social media and how that impacts not the whole your video. trading. No, not the whole video. But it's, there's That's so many points of society. to it. Yeah. No, social media is everything in today's. You could say it's not. If you say it's not, you're one of the people, one of like 7 million that still is a little late and you'll probably agree with us in a year. You know what I mean? At this point, it is such a big piece of society. You have to talk about it. It, it. it is driving the decisions that we're making. Like we watched in that documentary, it is changing human behavior. Yeah. And if they don't get a handle on it, it will continue to change human behavior for the masses negatively. For some of us, it's positive, but for the most, it isn't. It is not good. Yeah. So you have to be aware of what it's doing to you and the FOMO that it can create even in your trading. So I think it applies. Yeah, and don't. There are definitely benefits to social media. Like you can find some great oh, educators 100%. out there. You can. Find you wouldn't even content. find me. And absolutely, like you can find content and material. I think it's just being. It's like if you want to micro analyze anything, micro analyze your own awareness of what your brain, how your body's physically feeling as you're scrolling. It's like think about what they're conditioning you to do. Just right. this, My, dude. You could just micro analyze what you're consuming. That'd be a great place to start. Yeah. Check your followers, and yeah. unfollow some of the crap. There's no reason to. And the, the justification of like, I like the material things, they motivate me. It don't do it for me. It, <laughs> it, it just, it doesn't do it. You can find material things anywhere else, but where you spend all of your time, which is social media, should be value, should be educating you, should be motivating you, pushing you forward, not making you feel FOMO. Absolutely. So think about that, everybody. Yeah. Ready for the crystal fact? Yeah. Let's do it. So. Today's crystal is malachite. I have two of these. Sounds like an old Jewish man. They're really Malachi. little. Malachi. <laughs> They're really little, so you can't really see them that well. But they are green, and um, I totally like lost the word to describe waves. <laughs> They're like green waves, and I just think that this stone is so cool. So this is when it's polished, right? Yeah. This. Okay. Is Polished. Polished just means that the um, stone is not raw, so it's smoothed out. It gives it a little bit more of a shiny look to it. Um, it's and, pretty. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. Nice. And some raw crystals do kind of flake a little bit, so it just kind of helps preserve the stone. So malachite is an absorbing crystal. It's great with absorbing negative energy and protecting against... Um, like kind of fears it this book actually gives the example of being associated with travel mm. so if travel is something that maybe causes you a little bit of anxiety or some fears or any kind of negative emotion you can carry some of these babies with you um me personally actually i use these whenever i have really bad cramps like these are an absorbing crystal and the uh, last month i was having some really bad cramps and I just started holding these and I, I'm not a medicine person. Like I don't like to take pills or anything like that. I was holding these and it was, it helped. So power of the mind, power of the crystal. I don't know, but 
it's an absor- a little bit of both. Yeah, it's an absorbing crystal. You definitely with these babies, you want to make sure that you're cleansing them after use because they're an absorbing crystal. So all of that negative energy that it's kind of taking away from you, it's storing in itself. So you'll want to place it in some sunlight. Um, Can't you cleanse it with another crystal? Yeah, you can cleanse it with selenite, which is an, an all cleansing crystal. I don't know if I've shown that one on here yet. So maybe, maybe we'll do that. One. Yeah, maybe we'll do that one next. Did you buy the big stick? I did. Yes. Okay, but I don't know when it's going to be here. Well, then we'll do it when it gets here. Yes. So this is malachite. Make sure you cleanse your babies in the sunlight. Um, also recharge them during some full moons. And yeah, love this little guy. Super pretty. Cool. Thanks, Rye. And thank you, everybody, for listening and watching, wherever you're listening or watching. Make sure you drop a comment. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. You can pick the comment word of the day if you watched until the no, end. No, you got to pick it. It's you. If you watched until the end. Pips. Comment Pips. I'm picking it. We okay. haven't done that yet. Comment Pips if you watched all the way till the end. Perfect. On YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. And leave us a review if you're listening to the podcast. We appreciate that. Yeah, because I don't think you can comment on podcasts. I don't think so either. You, can, just, you just leave reviews. That is the comment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, true we do social media (laughs) thanks guys we'll see you in the next one see ya thank you for listening to today's money if you want to check out the video that goes along with this episode there's a link in the show notes now make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to so you don't miss any future episodes and if there's anything that i can do to help you along your trading journey please reach out to me my contact info is in the description as well thank you very much and i'll see you in the next episode